Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women and listeners, those who love them, fearsome and generous, humble and honest, in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know, here we dig deep and we come up strong. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us there's some things you just don't talk about, but not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it can't come in. Beloved, here we live beyond the wreckage. Every week, we experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. We have a firm belief that everyone not only has a story, but everyone is a story. So, we share our home moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Although many of our voices will speak light into darkness, there is no insignificant person around this table. Each week, we start right where we are. The dress code is authenticity, and your belief that impossible is merely a word to describe the degree of difficulty. Frankly speaking with Tyra G is one of my most ambitious dreams, and I thank God for every remembrance of you and your gifts of ideas, your presence, and your encouragement. You've inspired me to keep on keeping on. I can't do this show without you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, Cablecast on Cox and Verizon Files, Channel 37 and Comcast Channel 27 in Reston. And we are webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Should you miss us, no worries. You can catch our archive, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you feel like connecting with me offline, that's easy as well. Email me at Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm Listening. For years, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. has been telling thematic stories to touch the mind, the heart, and the spirit. They've been multicultural and intergenerational, educational and inspirational, and they've been told by you, my cohorts, my listeners. I thank you so much. However, during this ongoing season of uncertainty and unrest, we have all been touched by a fresh sense of fragility in ourselves and in our social systems. This is a testing time. This is a time to hold on to the fact that we're doing better than we think we are. This is a time to elevate voices of hope. This is a time to reimagine what is essential. This is a time for believers to remember the author of Genesis is also the author of Revelation. He is still in the miracle business. This is a time to be encouraged. This month, Frankly Speaking, is focusing once again on phenomenal women and how we embrace 
and manage our universal experiences, our rainbows and our clouds, our courage and our resolve. We are a journey. We're not a destination. Our life is a process. It's not an event. Even still, we are motion, loving, serving, nurturing, encouraging, and empowering. We are love, and love does. And yes, sometimes, sometimes we get stuck between our no longer, the familiar, the habits, and our not yet, who we were created to be. And sometimes we may even ask the question, am I enough? By the way, the right answer is a resounding yes. Our common moment of mindfulness this week is a reminder that external mirrors often mess with our internal worthiness. In the words of life coach and award-winning author Yana Von Sant in her book, Until Today, I quote, Life will work for me when I accept the labels placed on me don't always fit. Society with its structures, expectations, and divisions has fostered certain ideas about women, and they are not always flattering. There are many people who believe that strong women aren't feminine and that assertive women cannot be trusted. My all-time favorite is that women who exhibit any degree of clarity about who they are and what they want are dangerous. Don't forget that a bossy woman is domineering, and that makes her the B word. We won't bother to mention the myths that women are not smart as men, or they cannot handle money as well. The point is that there's some people who believe these things about women, and some of them are women. Labels define. Often labels set up expectations. Labels prescribe how much, how little, and sometimes how long a thing can be used. Labels are descriptive. Labels are protective. And labels can be removed. It just may be the time has come to take the labels off women. It is probably more accurate to say it's time for women to take the labels off themselves. In order for a woman to realize that she's more than a mother, more than a wife, more than what she earns or what she does to earn a living, she must know her own worth. It means she must test herself and her limits. A woman must learn to describe herself and establish her own expectations for herself. A woman must encourage herself. She must support and nurture herself. She must be willing to be disliked. She must be willing to violate the descriptions and confines placed on her. Until today, you may have placed defining, confining labels of unworthiness on women. But just for today, think of women as people. Think of women as human beings and doing. They are the divine energy of God, end quote. For any of you who follow me, you know in my manifest, I commit to encouraging and empowering women to walk in their worthiness. I am amazed of the number of young, smart, beautiful women I meet who are not yet able and yet comfortable to stay in that space. My guest this week is living her worthiness 
as she says yes to the power within. She's paid her dues along the way, and she saw her challenges as lessons and not limitations. Today, our storyteller is Ms. Catherine Ahern. I began asking her to join me at the Frankly Speaking table three years ago. I guess sometimes you just have to be patient. And I'm glad I was. There are more surprises, more chapters that you're going to enjoy as she tells her story. She'll be a wonderful addition to our catalog of phenomenal women in our Frankly Speaking Human Library. Her story will encourage and excite anyone who has a dream, a passion, a clever idea, and who doesn't yet realize that they have everything they need inside of them to be who they were created to be. And at this point, I'm going to hand the mic to Catherine. It's all yours. I love the intro. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. And so true. And so true. I think uh, we have a hard time uplifting ourselves, and therefore that makes it that much more difficult to yes. help other women. Yes. <clears throat> so, so who am I? This is the question you had posed. And, you know, I got to thinking about it, and I thought, okay, so I think what I need to do is to sort of unravel it or back up, back up a little bit instead of who am I today? Mm. How did I get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? How mm. did I get to who I am today? And so basically what I would say is I was a girl who felt as though she had to work really hard against odds to, to realize or even get to being successful and, you know, meeting her dreams, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And successful as a girl does not equal where it ended up at all. I think as a, as a kid, as a girl, I really wanted to feel accepted, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do well in whatever I was doing. And I always felt as though I was one step behind everybody. Mm. And I just felt as though I had to work really hard. And it's interesting because ultimately, yes, I did end up becoming that successful woman, which again, looked very different, right? Yes. Um, and, and I'm just going to put some labels on things that I think that will sort of help to keep moving with the story here. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So a successful woman, businesswoman, um, I will always be a mother, married. I have fantastic relationships with my step-grandchildren mm-hmm. and my amazing nephew. Mm-hmm. I'm pro-am ballroom dancer, ice cream maker. <laughs> Rotarian. Rotarian. <laughs> I'm loving this already. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, um, as I had said, just kind of work, trying to work through life as, as a girl, a young woman, you know, into adulthood, um, married then with child, and it just kind of still wasn't gelling and coming together, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. And moved several times, um, but there was something that ended up the biggest impact to my life, to my entire life, mm-hmm. was when my only child and son, Timothy, died. Oh, my goodness. And just, it flipped me upside down, and obviously it changed my world lens forever. 
you know, I want you to put a comma there because I have to make a statement at this point. This is the first I knew about Catherine's loss. And what I see where I walked into her life, page 500, I didn't know about page 1 through 499. So I'm sitting here adjusting. And Catherine, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I just needed you to know I'm feeling right now. I'm in just total feeling space. Uh, Please continue with your story. But I just needed people to know they were hearing it for the first time, as am I. It's um, it's interesting because I have learned over the many years that he's been gone. You there's a sense, right? There's a sense of who you can tell, who you cannot tell. Yes, and yes. it's interesting because when I'm talking with someone and I see them, I need to look into their eyes mm-hmm. and I can tell if there's a safe space there or there isn't. Gotcha. And I've learned how to do that over these many years that he's been gone. Um, Because in the very beginning, I got into some spots that were really rough on me, you know, because I did share. But anyway, he, um, it did. It just, my entire world lens was changed completely. And and I was away from family at the time. Mm. Uh, Recently divorced. Um, Yeah, it just, and I had to make a decision, right? Yes. And the decision was, do I stay? Do I stay? You know, this was my only child. I hadn't gone after or, or you know, pushed, I'll say, in that direction of a businesswoman. My world, a good portion of my world, revolved around him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what was interesting was, and, and the rest of this will make sense now after this, um, when he died, so many people, and I lived in a, in a small town in Colorado Okay. at the time, <clears throat> and so many people came forward, or they wrote notes because they couldn't tell me, right? Of the things that he had done, I already knew he had a gentle heart. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. really smart boy, gentle heart. And then this outpouring, right? So there are two little stories I'll tell, and then I'm going to keep going. But one is, and we were involved in the church I used to teach, mm-hmm. um, and he would go to youth class, and then they said, and he'd immediately run down to the kindergarten class, uh-huh. and he'd sit down on the floor. This is a teenager. He'd sit down on the floor and read stories to the kindergartners oh. in church. Every day after school, because I did work, every day after school, he would always go to the library, favorite place. Mm-hmm. And we were in Colorado, and so uh, black widow spiders are very common, right? And mm. he had walked into the door, and he immediately went over to the desk, and he said, quietly apparently, I just want to let you know this. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I don't want you to kill it. He said, there's a black widow spider outside the door in the corner. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that so no one gets hurt, but don't kill it. Mm-hmm. And then he went off into the science section. So it was this outpouring and these, these little stories that popped up. And I just, 
and I was living alone for myself, you know, I was living alone for one of the first times in my life. And I sat down on the carpet and I said, okay, so what's the story? What am I going to do? Right. What is it? Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I decided that it was, it was okay to stay. Okay. And, and he needed a legacy. It couldn't be that, oh, it's as though he never existed. Right. If you don't do something, if there isn't a print, right? Yes. If there isn't a footprint or something. And I thought, no, no, he was helping other people continuously, and it was quietly. It wasn't this big fanfare. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, that's it. His legacy is that I need to make sure he has one. Yes. By helping as many people as I possibly can who want help. Uh-huh. You can just sort of aimlessly go out there and and do all sorts of things, but you can tell when someone really wants help yes, or assistance, yes. right? So then it truly does have that impact, and you're making a difference in somebody else's life. Mm. That makes Rotary a lot more clear to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, and before that, I ended up joining what's called Altrusa, mm-hmm. which is... Like the, it used to be the women, air quotes, the women's side of Rotary. Yes. And yes. And I was the president of that in Colorado when I was there. But it's just, yeah. So from that point on, everything just kind of shifted tremendously. And in helping and continuing to move forward, and I've done some uh, journaling and I've done some readings on grieving mothers. Um, and it's, it's had a big in- impact to certain people who needed the help or needed to have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And with that, what I discovered also was I needed to know more. I needed to know more because I needed to, I thought I needed to know why the reality is you can't have why. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I continuously fought more education, more education, right? And... Going down the path of continuously helping, mm-hmm. you gain knowledge, and what ends up happening is, as a byproduct, you do become successful. And you heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're not looking for it. Mm-hmm. It becomes this byproduct of educating oneself to be able to help other people. Yes. Right? And so it really was. It ended up being that... Um, the byproduct of it and from that then it it was okay now i realize quite honestly the more successful that i am the more philanthropic i can be yes side of that it isn't just let me hold your hand maybe i can do something else more tangible as well right and you are mm-hmm. and you are yes Wow, I'm still adapting <laughs> to the information. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what is powerful about it, I had a mother who lost a child last week on my show. And to hear the two stories and the survival, the, um, the, inner, the inner strength that bubbled up, and, of course, mm-hmm. me being a person of faith, I know that strength was there. I know that we just had to get in touch with it and hold on to it. 
and it seems as though you did that and you're doing that. And if people knew you like I know you, they'd say, we go back to that first adjective you used, successful. That's you. That's you. But, of course, now we digress. That would be me. (laughs) Okay. Um, Just got all over your story, but that's okay. You'll forgive me. I'm I'm going to, that's okay. I'm going to add one last thing, Mm -hmm. and and I'll talk a little bit about where did Tyson's Creamery come from. No, you got to talk about more because I have all kinds of questions. Don't make it a little bit. Make it a lot. Okay. All right. So, you know, I, like I said, became a successful business person or businesswoman, and it really was a byproduct. It was a byproduct of continuously learning, 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 and I realized the more I did that, the more I could help others by helping myself. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I, you know, have this tremendous love of good food. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I, you know, I'd be cooking, doing all kinds of crazy, you know, cookbook cooking and, and all that. And said, well, I need to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to educate myself. I need to know more. So I went to culinary school while I still had the successful day job. And that just fueled the fire anymore, even more. Right. And said, you know, we, we end up with a different journey, right? Yes. I've had several. I've had several. And I knew that the current position and career I was sitting in, I wasn't going to stay there. There would have to be something else after. And I decided that I had to do something with food. Right. So now we're going down this whole path of what's the food going to be? And I know that I'm not 12, so it's not a commercial kitchen. And I landed on making decadent ice cream. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to tell the story. Okay. The idea, but take them through the just take them through it so they can smile. The ice cream? Yeah. From conversation to playing around in your kitchen to da da da. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, so let's see what we can do with this, right? And so I read everything I could possibly read. That was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started playing with recipes and machines, mm-hmm. right? Landed finally on the right Italian gelato machine. And, you know, I kept putting the recipes after I tasted them, right? If I thought it was worthy of a chef's palate. Okay. And I would have my different chef friends try it, mm-hmm. you know, and get this and get the feedback. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing this for actually several years before I even said, maybe I really do want to do this and launch this as a small And so I said, well, you know what? I still need to know more. <laughs> so I decided to go to Ice Cream University. Now, you didn't tell me this. I missed this step. I knew that you were, I knew you had people, t- I tasted it. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. take. I didn't know you went to well, ice-, ice Cream University. I did. I did. While I still had the other career day job. Mm-hmm. But, but, Catherine, <laughs> yeah. what is an Ice Cream University? Okay. So here's the thing. Who knew there was such a thing, right? <laughs> Not me. Yeah. There are, most people don't. I say it and they go, really? Yeah. So there are two uh, internationally well-known ice cream universities. One is in Rome. And I said, well, forget that. And the other one is Penn State University. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 
And Penn State has two courses. One is called the 101 Ice Cream Short Course, mm-hmm. which is a very intensive four-day or a weekend mm-hmm. course. And the next one is, uh, quite honestly, the real course. And that is uh, week-long. And that is where, you know, like Jenny's Ice Cream, Haagen-Dazs, Ben & Jerry's, they send all of their executives for that week-long ice cream program. Because it's if you're going to make it, you're going to sell it, you better know it. Okay. And what's interesting is, and they only hold it once a year, right, in January, when, of course, that's the slowest time for everyone. Mm-hmm. And and they're typically sold out six months ahead of time. Okay, give us, give, us, give us a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what? Yeah. What are yeah. they teaching you? So, well, they, so it's everything. It's from the grass that they're fed to when it finally ends up being scooped into a cone, a cup, or whatever that is. Right. Yeah. So it becomes the entire uh, distribution chain, the supply chain, mm-hmm. as well as the chemistry of it. Wow. So I know. And that's what I love. I love the science of food. You know, when you when you purposefully mix something and then that, you know what it's going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was the science of it all, like small business, ice cream, frozen desserts. Anything that you could pack into, how do you do this? And they had um, professors at the university. Mm-hmm. They had tradespeople come in mm-hmm. and explain certain things. We had to do, um, so we did in class and then sort of practicum, if you did, mm-hmm. if you will. And we had to do ice cream tastings, you know. Uh, the, the university was teaching us how to do that. Go in and actually watch the manufacturing of it, mm-hmm. right? Um And when I came out of there, I said, holy cow, now I really know I want to do it. (laughs) Because it was answering so many questions for me, right? Mm -hmm. And I understood better. So what makes it an ultra premium ice cream? How can I change this process and end up with something that's even better? You know, how do I marry the flavors together? Mm -hmm. So they're all of this process, but yet sort of ice cream science food science, right? Mm-hmm. And came out of that and then just sort of went after my recipes with that knowledge and just, you know, kept perfecting, perfecting, and then said, okay, I think I'm there. Catherine, and, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you've been to the university, university, yep. and you're home. Mm-hmm. And yep. you say, so I went after it I'm trying to imagine because I'm a, I'm I'm an end product person, you know. I like the ice cream. I like Agen Dazs. Uh-huh. I like, uh-huh. but how did you decide one the flavors and how did you know? Did you just have a palate for ice cream? Um, I think well, the flavors. I sort of took some of the standard, you know, and and sort of started with that one. So palate hmm. what's interesting is i have a, a, a rather sensitive palate when it comes to food not necessarily in a bad way but in a good way okay right uh-huh. so it really wasn't that it's ice cream it's that you're tasting um a food that you know you have to expect that it's going to be cold but that you're expecting a certain level of creaminess you're expecting um, like flavor layers of flavors. And what I mean by that is 
you don't get that initial wham in your mouth when mm-hmm. you take the first bite. Mm-hmm. But then, oh, wait a minute. Then there's something that's, that's subtle after that, mm-hmm. after you've actually swallowed it. And then there's this little huh on the end, like another little bit of a flavor, right? Yeah, so wait a minute. I want you to go. I really, I want you to say that again because to me uh-huh. that is fascinating. You're saying you have an mm-hmm. expectation. You know mm-hmm. it's cold. Mm-hmm. You know it has a familiar texture. Mm-hmm. And then, and yeah, and then I'm expecting a level of creaminess. Okay. So that when I finish that first bite. I'm expecting a little bit more creamy to still be sitting on my tongue. Not a lot, but just a little. Okay. And at the same time, I get the texture and the creaminess. I'm also expecting to, yes, I understand what this is, and it tastes really good. Mm-hmm. It's not too bold or in my face. But then when I go to swallow it, it's like, wait a minute. There's this other little hint of something that makes it really interesting. Yeah, and I know. my expectation. Mm-hmm. I, I have had some of your ice cream. Talk about some of the flavors that are yours and, and how you branded yourself, because that's a story in itself. Yeah. Well, all the flavors are mine. I mean, you know, the names of the flavors. Oh, yeah, yeah. So here's a really good one, okay? So let's use basil. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so let's use basil. Okay. So part of the process in thinking about a flavor, I think about... <clears throat> What, you know, what do I, hold on one second here. What goes well with cream? Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. So what goes well with cream? And you come up with all sorts of things like there are pies, there are, you know, all sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. So for instance, you're going to have a pie and you're going to put ice cream on it. Mm-hmm. That makes it perfect, right? Mm-hmm. What When I did the basil, I more like a caprese salad, which we know has the dairy, has the mozzarella, it has the basil, right? Mm. Yeah, you have some tomatoes in there and maybe a drizzle of balsamic vinegar. But on a cool day, the refreshing part is that basil and the dairy. So that's what I did. Oh. So, yeah. And I cook all of the bases. So it's a hot base. Okay. And I take fresh basil. Mm-hmm. And I break it up, and I infuse it in the hot base, and you end up getting, you know, the the oils and the taste of the basil. And obviously, I, you know, mm-hmm. the basil comes out, and I <clears throat> put it through a sieve. But one of the other things that food is is an experience, right? Yes, yes, so yes. So it is. It's a it's a complete experience. And we know that the brain says, you know. Basil ice cream, real basil ice cream, will not be green. It shouldn't be. <laughs> then it's artificial. Something in it, right? Yeah. Well, but when you get it, the expectation is, you know, it would really be nice if it was a little bit green. <laughs> so what I do is in spirulina. Hawaiian spirulina is blue-green algae. Powerhouse antioxidant, right? Okay. And I just a little bit of that in a paste, and then I mix it in the, the final you know, hot base that's to be chilled. Uh And once you mix it in dairy, you lose the smell and you lose the taste. The only thing you have is a nice subtle green and all the antioxidants. Wow. So now you get, you get green basil ice cream that's healthy. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now I could go 
down this road for a long time, but mm-hmm. we are slave to the clock. Okay, so, mm-hmm. all right, let's now go back in your journey, and mm-hmm. you, uh, you know you can do this. You've mm-hmm. tested it with friends who have yep. wonderful palates. How mm-hmm. do you go from stop to go? How do you brand? How do you incorporate? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you go well, to this? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you go to market? Right, right. So one of the things was, yeah, okay, I have recipes, and yes, they're good and all of that, but then it was like, well, that's nice. What do you do, right, mm-hmm. to your point? Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be... I wanted it to be something special. I wanted it. There's a whole host of, like, missions behind it, okay. which is how I arrived at the name, right, and ultimately the branding. Um, to be able to say that it needed to be visible. It needed to be in some place that was new. Mm-hmm. It needed to be woman-owned and managed, which I'm still working toward that one, mm-hmm. right, and successful enough that the company could end up being philanthropic. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, what might have that mix, if you will, you know, or formula, but also be able to say this because this is, it's not inexpensive ice cream. It's considered ultra premium, artisan, small batch, right? Mm-hmm. It would also need to be in a market that could certainly afford it. So... Tyson's was being built up more and more. And tell so people, said, tell our international audience where Tyson's is. We're Tyson's in. is Tyson's Corner, Virginia, which has now been incorporated into only Tyson's, Virginia. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how it became Tyson's Creamery. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why. So I'm hearing you say, all right. You wanted, you created an ultra premium product. So you had to look for a home where that could be a part of a product set where people mm-hmm. would be comfortable paying for it and, mm-hmm. and they would, exactly. their expectations would be met in terms of taste. Right. Okay, right. so what did you exactly. do? Some kind of business plan? How'd you get incorporated? Well, so I went to, well, um, it was literally using LegalZoom Okay. All of my, it was. I've we done it too. Of, yeah, for all the legal things that I need. And I simply said, okay, I want to be able to incorporate this. And they said, well, this is the process. Yep. Okay, fine. And and so I did. It, it took a while, and there were so many things that I had to do because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was the website had to have e-commerce because if you don't have brick and mortar, you have to be able to have a way to sell it. Yes. If you're trademarking something. Right. Yes. Right, exactly. So uh, it's been a, it's been a really interesting journey over a short period of time, to be honest. <clears throat> so yeah, so it's been trademarked. Um, I worked with a designer um, on the branding. Mm-hmm. He did a fantastic job. We went back and forth. He's actually in Israel. I actually had uh, a great deal mm-hmm. of help for, uh, through mm-hmm. Fiverr. And artists yes. and craftsmen, yes. they're all over the world. So that's a hint yeah. we can give to people if they're interested. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, on, and I used fiber. I had a fantastic uh, writer. Okay. And, you know, I sort of said, these. this is what I want the website to look like, and these are the things I want to be able to say. So I was drafting part of it, and then I turned it over and said, okay, make this sound better. 
you know, make mm-hmm. it sound mm-hmm. younger, make mm-hmm. it not sound like me. So they did a great job. Yeah, fiber was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a couple of hints we've given, and we're not, you know, this is a, a nonprofit, so we can't sell, mm-hmm. but we can say sure. if you want to know more information about bringing a product mm-hmm. to market, there's several mm-hmm. tools out there. And yeah. you can just start with the question, mm-hmm. how do I sell something? How do I get something made? And if you Google mm-hmm. it, you're going to get pages of places to select oh, to help you, you know. Exactly. And, of course, yeah. now with artificial intelligence, you don't have to do anything but say, I need this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used that yet. But Me either. I'm tempted to just find out, you know. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, um mm-hmm. Tell about, just give us a couple of samples of mm-hmm. you going to an event and mm-hmm. you're marketing your product and the result. Mm-hmm. Share with, share some of your success with, uh, and particularly the recent one you shared. Yes, sure. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go back to 2019. Okay. And I'm getting ready to launch into 2020, which... I would have been booked, but we all shut the lights out for two years. Right. So in 2019, at the end of 2019, there was a <clears throat> women in business conference um, just over in Leesburg, which is not very far from here for mm-hmm. everyone to know. Mm-hmm. And um, I had contacted the event management company and basically said, this is who I am. This is what I have. And they said, this is something really interesting. This is something that I, people, others are not doing this. Right? Yes. Ice cream catering. Mm-hmm. Others are not doing this. And so I said, okay. So they said, we want a tasting. So I went over to their offices, provided a tasting. And they, you know, again, they did the, this is really different. This is really unique. I've not tasted anything this good. And at that point in time, I signed a contract with them for 50 tastings. Okay. So for them, 50 tastings would have been 50 different clients. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. They're an event management company. Mm -hmm. So the first client. Yeah. So the first client I did this for was having a business anniversary. And from that, what then ended up happening is when I went to the conference, the event company made me the VIP dessert. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that business happened to be there. The board of George Mason University on the women's programs were there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Northern Virginia, there were several other um, large corporations, universities, right, that had all come up and tried it and then turned around and came back and said, okay, I need your card. You know, this is what we're doing. Uh, George Mason in particular handed me a flyer for what they were going to be doing in March mm-hmm. and, you know, business card. And, and from there... Like I said, 2020 was booked, but then we had the pandemic. Yes. Right? So I stayed in touch with everyone, and my very first, you know, back out in it in 2022, the beginning of 2022, in business initiative program, Mm -hmm. coming out of the School of Business. And when I did that event in 2022, that's when I think I said, okay, I'm really going to give this another try after, you know, those two years that we all experienced. Yes. And did it again this year. And what was interesting was the dean of the School of Business happened to be there. <laughs> and apparently after he had a little chat with his staff. 
And he said, can you tell me why she's not on the approved caterers list <laughs> for George Mason University? So I got these very quickie from my point of contact. And she said, have you ever done a GMU on campus? And I said, well, no. But basically, I was thinking she was thinking large. And I said, well, I've done this one and this one that are fairly large, good size, blah, blah. blah. And so then I didn't hear anything more from her. And the next day, I get this very long formal email of the dean of the School of Business. And she said, she is the one who sort of let me know that the dean was the one who said, okay, girls, what's going on? How come we haven't done this? <laughs> and she ended up saying that he had been there, and he said that he... Catherine, you're breaking up a little bit. You're breaking up a little oh, bit. Is that better? A little bit, yeah. I want everybody to hear, you know. I understand. I do, I understand. So he said, I strongly urge that you get her on the approved catering list so that's that's one but what has happened is you know when i'm at an event you never know who's going to come up to you you never know you know who you're talking to or when you're telling your story and the passion about why you're there and what your you know what your product is it may be someone who then comes back and says uh by the way yeah i would like you to do national geographic Right. Okay, that's what I was hoping you'd get to. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I think right. I think the audience is familiar with that brand, right? Mm, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I am so proud yeah. of you. I can't begin to tell you this is wonderful. We're gonna we're going to after you tell these wonderful stories, just briefly talk about what were the attributes that you brought to the table and what kinds of things happened, you know, like collaboration, you know, you were courageous, you mm -hmm. were, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. National Geographic. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so collaboration, we'll use National Geographic. So when I spoke to them and we talked about, you know, how could this look? Did you, you know, do we want to, dual brand it do we want to do because they were really focusing on their five areas of impact and one of them is you know sustainable and, and secure oceans yes right yes yes and yeah and so i said well you know i could potentially that has you know sort of something to do with the ocean if you will and, and so then i said well i should be very honest I i'm losing you again i don't want to we may have I'm to i'm sorry is this all right y yeah this is better Okay. Yeah, I just, right? I want people okay. to hear this. Yes. So I said, I already use red algae in the stabilizer for every single base. And to the little story about basil, mm -hmm. I use blue-green algae in some of the other um, recipes and flavors. Mm -hmm. So they were so excited, and they said, we have an Explorers Festival every year at D.C. headquarters, and we would like you there. Wow. I don't know exactly how many days they want me there because it goes for an entire week in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's always, it's, it's sort of always a collaboration. It's an education. Um, it's a passion and you get excited. And that in and of itself excites other people, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So what what I'm hearing, well, I'm going back to, where you had to make a choice early on in your mm -hmm. life, where you mm -hmm. had to survive 
loss mm-hmm. where you began right. to understand that it's a process and it wasn't going to mm-hmm. be turned off or on and through right. the desire to keep uh, to take the legacy your son had left and grow it in terms of kindness in terms of giving in terms of supporting and what I love is you thought outside the box and mm-hmm. if I were describing what I heard your story to be, it's what I use and never expected to, to do this, is impossible is merely a word to describe the degree of difficulty. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to a friend, uh, a Rotarian, uh, we're in the same club, who said, I don't want to do this anymore. So she reached a point in her career where she said, this is not what I want to do. And she sat with herself, and she dreamed, and she said, I believe, and I can. I'm putting words in your mouth. I know that. but um, And you can expand or correct. My point is I want the people listening to understand we have everything we need inside of us to do what we were created to do. And to me, we've heard Catherine say over and over and over again, I needed to know more. I needed to know more. So I did this. I needed. She went after. She pursued. And that's what, it's, it's not always easy. But if you, no, it's not always easy. And if you believe, if you have courage, if you have faith, you can do it. And I wanted her story to be told. I, 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 like I said, I've been asking for three years. But in that three years, her story has so many more chapters that I want to do a book on her. Didn't know that, did you, Kat? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. So if you had to stand in front of my audience and say, Mm-hmm. Tell them what you want them to know from your heart, what you've learned, what you feel right now, and what you would mm-hmm. give to them as a gift of courage and encouragement. What would that be? Mm-hmm. I think it would be try very hard to push away the self-doubt. Good. Because so many times the noise, right? Mm-hmm. We hear the noise of others, and if we if we can shut that out, and that's not easy, I know that's not easy, if we can shut that out and just allow our inner voice to guide us, mm-hmm. you end up standing a much better chance of trying to get to where you want to be and not tripping over more potholes as you go along. I love it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I need you to do another thing. Now, this is, this, is, this is one of Catherine's passions. I cannot <laughs> let her leave the show without <laughs> her telling you about another. And mm-hmm. uh, you may announce it, talk about how you did it, and talk about the latest mm-hmm. uh, success you had. Mm-hmm. But you have to do that kind of fast because, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so are you talking about dancing? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, so I I have always loved to watch ice dancing mm-hmm. in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I love music. No, I don't sing well. 
<laughs> but I love music, and I always wanted to try it, right? Mm-hmm. To try formal dance lessons. <clears throat> I didn't do, you know, any, I did the, I think maybe the two months of tap lessons when I was a kid and forget the tutu and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> anyhow, so I decided, I attempted to, um, I know I'm going to pay attention to this clock. So anyhow, needless to say, at one point in time, I decided, yes, I'm going to do this. I uh, sought out a really good um, professional dancer who has his own studio in Tyson's, and um, he is my teacher and dance partner. And I do Pro-Am, which is professional and amateur uh, ballroom competitions. You're going to leave so it there? Me, <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've moved up the levels to uh, an open silver level, um, which is just before you hit gold, and gold is not something that I'll be able to see in my but I do other competitions. I've, you know, um, made it to second, third place. I do show what's it called a showcase, which looks like the things that you'd see on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Right? Yes. Certainly not that professional for me, but that's what the showcases are. Yeah. And my partner was on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Mm-hmm. And an interesting sidebar mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Before pr- pandemic, uh, we we needed to make some changes where we were meeting, uh, where mm-hmm. our Rotary Club was meeting, and mm-hmm. uh, we right. happened to wind up in a dance studio. We did end up in a dance studio. Yes, we did, and mm-hmm. we had occasions to have open houses and mm-hmm. learn dances while we were there. Mm-hmm. Very true. You know, Mm -hmm. I just keep thinking about life. You know, every day is a new opportunity, a new experience. I sat at a table with Catherine, I know, two years before I realized she was a dancer. (laughs) And then I began to see the outfits she wore Mm -hmm. and then pictures of her dancing. And I thought, yes, yes. Dreams can come true. Mm-hmm. I just really wanted to showcase you. Mm-hmm. I wanted not the, you know, yeah, I had this career, that career and all. I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about you mm-hmm. in this space called dreams. And mm-hmm. I wanted to congratulate you and love up on the fact that I think you are wonderful. I cannot wait to see the well, next the next step <laughs> and have another taste of the ice cream. But while we're doing that, I guess I need Mm -hmm. to um, ask you, would Mm -hmm. you share your letter that you wrote to your younger self? And it should be interesting to listen to after we've talked about ice Mm -hmm. cream and dancing, right? Right. So whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So in in writing this, you know, I kind of, again, took myself back and you know, thought about what was it that I needed to hear, right? Yes. So, dear young Catherine, you did it, and I'm so proud of you. Girl, you arrived at that place you weren't certain you could get to. There's so much I want to tell you about trusting your inner self, even when others doubt you. You have an inner determination, which will serve you very well. Go after the plan. Try not to be derailed, 
But if it happens, dust it off, jump right back on. Many people will tell you they see a determined young woman who can reach whatever goal she sets her mind to, and you do. There will be times when uncertainty will begin to send you down a different path, and it's okay. It's all part of the process to reach your goals, find your voice that is unique to you. Your caring side is so important as you navigate through the years, it will take you into a career that allows you to grow exponentially. There will be times when pivoting and changing directions will happen. Do not listen to the noise of others, opinions about your life and career. Listen to your inner voice and stay the course, even if it is quiet determination. As time goes by, your dream goal will become clearer and the path to get there grounded in reality. The great news is, You found your voice as a successful and thoughtful woman who decided to stand up, be heard, and help other young women find their voice. You pivoted into a career which fulfills all of what you have been looking for for so many years. Continue to move forward and grow. We no longer listen to the negative noise of others. Loving support, your future self. I love it. Remember, dear audience, when I started talking about what women needed to do and mm-hmm. I said, we need to encourage ourselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Catherine's letter is a perfect example of that. And I want to, if you're not feeling up to encouraging yourself at this moment, I want to put a little something in your spiritual doggy bag that may help you. Uh, I, I want you to feel empowered, okay? And this is a love letter And I should say it's a note from love, also known as God. But it's written by Glennon Doyle Melton. And I love it. I quote, stop. Stop holding your breath. Breathe. There's enough. I've created an abundance of acceptance, attention, recognition, joy, peace, money, energy, clothes, food. I will never leave you without enough and there is nothing to be afraid of no feeling no circumstance no person these things come and they go and you can live through them without running hiding numbing or hurting another one of my children and did you know this my angel there's never been anything wrong with you not one day in your life You're exactly who you were meant to be right now, as you are. You're not to be ashamed. You punish yourself, but you have no reason to be punished. You can stop now. You're free. When you were born, I put a piece of me in you. Like an indestructible, brilliant diamond, I placed a part of me inside of you. It is love. Love is perfect, and it's untouchable. No one can take it. It is the deepest, purest part of you, that part that will someday return to me. You are love. You cannot be tarnished by anything you've done or that has been done to you. Everyone carries this piece of me, and I'm a part of you, and you're a part of each other. The essence of each of you is love. You've been listening to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. on Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia. With Miss Catherine, the ice cream maker and dancer. (laughs) Catherine, 
<laughs> I don't know, but there may be someone listening that wants to continue the conversation. Maybe they have an mm-hmm. idea and you've inspired them. Is there a way that they could get in touch with you? Sure. So I don't know, is it through my regular email or? It, however you prefer. You can either do it through mm-hmm. Tyson's Cream, however your contact that you share right. with the public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so probably through Tyson's Creamery. And if you go to the website, www.tysonscreamery.com, and go down to contact, the contact page, um, and send a message there that will come directly into me. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, now this is not a quote. This is from Tyra. I'm saying to each and every one of my listeners, you are amazing just as you are you are stronger than you feel you are smarter than you know you're more beautiful than you believe and you're more loved than you can ever imagine i want you to understand you're here by design you are important with that I want you to practice treating yourself like someone you love. Your seat at this table is guaranteed. And so I leave you until next time, listening and loving you. This is Tyra.